0: Well, good morning. Welcome to The Journey. How are we doing today? It is Christmas season, isn't it? Yes. Everywhere is packed. It's funny how after Thanksgiving, everything gets packed. The mall looks crazy right now if you drive past it. And everybody's at Starbucks, too, by the way. So uh, anyway, it's good to see you today. My name is Chad. I'm the pastor here at The Journey, and we're glad to have you. Uh, yes, we do have a big announcement that we're going to make at the end of our service today. So uh, we'll let you guys wait for that. That way you'll listen and pay attention because I might throw it in the middle of the message. You don't know. But, uh, but anyway, a couple things as we are in this Christmas season. The first one is Christmas wishes. Man, Thanksgiving was so late this year that uh, doing this has been really quick turnaround. Your gifts, if you grab them today or, or last week, were due today. Um, if you forgot, you can go home and grab them. There are going to be people here all day today through about 7 o'clock this evening, I believe. Uh, So feel free to bring that back over here, drop it off. Uh, You can also do that tomorrow. Um, Probably your best bet is to take it to Koinonia. Uh, It just depends on the day here and where people are going to be. But we need those. There's still still more gifts on the tree. Feel free to grab those. We still have quite a few left. Uh, again, it's just a timing thing. If you want to grab those, you can actually contact our office and try to figure out where they need to go and when. But, uh, but Christmas wishes. The other thing I want to bring your attention to is Christmas Eve services. Don't forget, we have three services on Christmas Eve. Hopefully you saw our sign when you pulled in today. 2.30, 3.45, and 5 p.m. Here in this room, here at The Journey, invite your family and friends, your enemies, whoever to come and to be a part of that. Should be, should be fine. Well, today we continue our series called Christmas at the Movies. And um, if you were not here last week, we are taking a look at Chad's classic Christmas movies, okay? You've got your own minor, all funny movies. That's what I love at Christmas time. And so we are taking a look at four Christmas movies, and then we're connecting them, using them as illustrations towards the Christmas season. Last week we began with a Christmas story. It was a great one. By the way, if you're at home, nobody watching at home right now, but if you're at home next week, we can't show this, uh, the sermon series online because of copyright things. So if you're like, why can't I watch this when I'm at home and it's too cold and I don't want to get out of bed. Um, Hey, this is the only reason we we have to do that. So if you're thinking about skipping church the next couple of weeks, you can't watch this online. But uh, but today we're going to be doing this one, Christmas Vacation. Yes, probably my favorite Christmas movie. Let me just make a disclaimer here. These movies that we are using, we're not saying go watch them, okay? Uh, and this one had to do some editing on even on some of the clips we're showing. So we, we don't say go watch these movies, we're just saying we're using these. But, but uh, this is one of my, my favorite Christmas movies because, I don't know, it just seems like the epitome of what Christmas is really like, right? <laughs> so, uh, so if you haven't seen the movie, here's the trailer from Christmas Vacation. Again, Disclaimered. Watch it at your own risk. Here we go. Um, when we think uh, about life in general, we have stress, right? Uh, every single one of us have some sort of stress in our life. And in fact, we would ask the question, what stresses you out? There, there'd be many different answers that we would get. For instance, one of the, the stresses that we would get is maybe you'd say, going to the DMV. The, the DMV is one of those things that stress you out, right? Like I've never heard anybody say, I love going to the DMV. It is an amazing experience. The people are always friendly. The people are always nice. If I do have to wait... It's it's a great experience. Nobody says that. I don't care what DMV it may be, uh, whatever state it may be in. Nobody says that about the DMV. Nobody says that about driving around here, right? I never hear anybody say, man, I love driving in the D.C. metro area. (laughs) It's a wonderful experience. It's like Christmas every day. It's not. And so there are things in life that stress us out. Um, Maybe it's schoolwork. Maybe it's work work. Maybe it's family. Maybe change stresses us out. There are so many things that, that stress us out. But during the Christmas season, those stress levels actually tend to increase. In fact, research shows that 88% of Americans experience more stress during the Christmas season than at any other time of the year. 88% of us. That's almost 9 out of 10 of us in this room. It's a crazy thing, but it's true. Now, if you think about it, there are actually big stressors during the Christmas season, and research has found that these are the four biggest stressors. Let me share those with you this morning. The first one is chaotic social calendars, right? I've talked to a couple of people yesterday our Journey Men's Group, and they were saying, yeah, we've already had like three Christmas parties last week. We've got three more coming this week. I mean, we put so much stress on ourselves because of our chaotic social calendars. The, the second big stressor that people face is going broke giving gifts. That would make sense. I don't even need to explain that. We'll keep going. Here's the third one. Food. What do we do during the Christmas holidays? Because the food's so good. We eat it, right? We eat it. We usually don't take care of ourselves. We eat too much of it. And so there's a stress of food. And so there are all kinds of stresses that we we face during the Christmas season. I'm going to get to number four in just a second here. But that's not what we dream of, is it? When we think of the Christmas season, we, we dream of sugar plums and candy canes and snickerdoodles right we, we dream of fun and happiness and joy and celebrations and yet what we find so often during the christmas season is more and more stress and one of the biggest stressors in our lives during the christmas season is number four here family 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 adds so much stress. Now, if you have family feuds in your home, we just did a whole series called Bad Blood. Go back and listen to that because that was all about relationships and moving into the season of relationships. But family brings so much stress into our lives. In in fact, in in the movie here, it's all about the family, right? But it's all about the stress of the family being a part of this Christmas season. The Griswolds have this incredible idea. We're going to invite all of our family to come and celebrate Christmas with us. But then the family shows up. Take a look at this clip from our movie. Does that feel like anybody else's Christmases? Yeah. The stress of the holidays, right? And then you add family into that, and it just makes it even worse. They thought this was going to be a great idea, and it didn't turn out to, to be that way. I, I want to use this stress that we find in this movie to talk about the very first Christmas. Now, I know some of you are theological masterminds, and you're like, that first Christmas, or that when Jesus was born, is was not Christmas. Okay, I get that. Slow down a little bit, let the stress go from that, send me a theological email, we can talk through that. We're going to call it the first Christmas today, all right? So this first Christmas is really about the birth of Jesus, and the picture that we paint, right, as we read the story is, is just this incredible, beautiful thing. Silent night, all is calm, all is bright, holy, holy child, tender and mild, no crying he makes, right? See, this is the image that we have when we think about the Christmas story, yeah, there's a beautiful thing. It's almost like this Norman Rockwell painting in our minds. But I got to tell you, I think those moments were far from that. In fact, I think there were moments that were full of incredible stress. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter one. We're going to spend our time there today in Matthew chapter one, starting with verse 18. If you do not have Bibles, there's a Bibles in the seats in front of you. Feel free to grab those. Of course, we're going to put it up here on the screen. You can follow along on your Journey Church app and take notes in your program today. And take notes there too. But here's how it reads in Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. We have Mary, we have Joseph, and they are engaged to be married. Very much different than our engagement process. It was a legally binding agreement. And to get out of it, you would have to divorce the other person. But th- this means they're moving towards marriage, okay? But there's some tension in this as we look at this. And and by the way, we could spend probably a whole year talking about this verse specifically. There's so much information in just this verse. But I just want to hit a couple of things here. Again, Mary and Joseph pledged to be married, engaged to be married. The tension is Mary is pregnant. Joseph is not the impregnator, okay? And we know that because it says here, it says, before they came together, she found that she... Was pregnant. Um, can you imagine what that would have been like and the situation that they would have found themselves in as these, these two young individuals? Because uh, again, we, we talked about this last week. Mary was young, she was a teenager, probably 14 to 16 years old. Joseph was probably not much older than she was. And so, can you imagine the stress at that age? I mean, you remember how you were at that age. Can you imagine the stress that she is going through? Now, that wasn't uncommon in those days for these young ladies to be pregnant because you got married at a very early age. The issue was that she was pregnant outside of of being married. Now, one of the things I always invite us to do when it comes to reading scripture is to put ourselves into the story. Because so many times we just kind of skim over it and we think about, well, I wonder what that was like then or what that must have been the culture then. Put yourself into that story now and say, what would this have been like for me? What kind of stress would I have felt if I were Mary and this was happening into my life? Man, you're talking about some incredible stress for a very young person. Personal stress, family stress, cultural stress shame that would have been thrown upon her, the, the words that would have been said to her and about her, the embarrassment of the family. I mean, there's so much that's going on here in Mary's world. For Mary, this is not joy to the world, right? She's struggling, I think, because of the stress that's there. But, but then we have Joseph. We, we read more about Joseph in verse 19. It says, Because Joseph, her husband, which was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly imagine that conversation between mary and joseph mary's like hey joseph we got to talk i'm pregnant joseph says probably like, what wow i know it wasn't me it was billy down the street wasn't it i saw billy I, he looks at your ankles a certain way i know that i knew there's something up she's like not billy definitely not you but then she throws that next thing out it's from god We talked last week about Mary and Joseph, and we said they were, from what we can tell, very devout in their faith. They followed the the rules, the the traditions, the regulations of the Jewish faith. And and so even here we read, it says that Joseph was a righteous man. This meant that he was a follower of God. He was doing everything he could to follow God. So not only is his wife to be pregnant, but now she's saying it's not from another person. It's actually from God. I, I can't even imagine where that took him at that moment. Because of his faith, I think he would have been like, that's about the most blasphemous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, I can't believe you would even say that. You would even think that. And yet, this is what she's telling me. She's telling me that the son, this child that's in her, has come from God. And here's Mary putting the blame on God in in that moment. This is not how Joseph had painted the picture, right? This wasn't the story that he was hoping to tell. He maybe have grown had grown up with Mary. They had grown up in the same town. Maybe they played on the same playground and went to the same schools and attended the same synagogue. Maybe they lived down the street from each other. Maybe he wrote her notes on papyrus like, Hey, will you go with me? Yes, no, maybe. Maybe this was like the 16th time when she finally says, sure, stop sending me these notes like some of us, like me, experienced when we were kids. And, um, and so maybe this is what it was like for him. And, and now he's going to start this new life with her and all these things. And, and yet all of a sudden she's become pregnant. And, and now she's blaming this. On God, can you imagine the relational stress that's there between Mary and Joseph? And then we read this in verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. We don't have a time frame here between when Mary tells Joseph to this moment here where it says that he's actually considering and talking about this divorce taking place. But, but again, the, the Bible can't give us all the details. There, there was a time frame that was here. And, and so here's what I can only imagine for, from Joseph. I know it was the same for Mary sleepless nights. Like again, you have this life that you, you've kind of put into play that you've kind of thought about all the steps and this is one of those incredible moments and steps and, and now all of that's just kind of shattered. There's probably some hopelessness there. There's definitely some heartbreak on, on Joseph's part but this angel shows up and I love what this angel does. The, the angel says, Joseph, son of David. In that moment, the angel reminds Joseph who he is. He, he's like, joseph joseph you you are a part of the lineage of king david joseph you know the prophecies you're a good jewish dude you know the prophecies you you know the scripture you've you've been waiting for 42 generations for this this messiah to come and that messiah is going to come from the line of david you're a part of that line and joseph's probably like, but i'm not living that royal life buddy i'm a carpenter i'm pretty poor I'm trying to figure out how am i going to take care of my wife to be, and now I've got to figure out how I'm going to take care of this wife to be, and this kid that's coming. I mean, what, what, what am I going to do? I, I'm not living in prestige and, and have all the resources that a king does. But there was never any promise that that's where this, this child was going to come from, this Messiah was going to come from. And so here's Joseph who's being reminded of who he is in that moment by this angel. Hey, Joseph, you are part of that line of David, and through you, And through your wife, this Messiah is going to come to this earth. And here's the deal. Your job is to be the caretaker of that son, of that Messiah, while he is here. Take Mary as your wife. And then we read this in verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The angel tells Joseph, this is God's kid. This is God's kid. This is the Messiah. This is Jesus. You're to name him Jesus that is the Greek word, or the Greek name, for the Jewish name Joshua or Yahshua. and Yahshua means, uh, excuse me, Yashua means Yahweh saves. And so, what we find is the purpose of this child coming into this world that, that this child, that Jesus is going to be the savior of all mankind, that Yahweh saves, that Jesus will saves. Save this angel saying, "I know this is going to be stressful for you." I know this is going to be hard. This, is, this has already been very stressful for Mary. But here's the deal. This is the Messiah. And there's a purpose behind this child. Take Mary as your wife. Look at verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. If this morning we were just to set back and we were to read verses eighteen through twenty-five and just kind of look over that and skim over that, what we would think to ourselves is, as we we see these words, I mean, this is a beautiful story. Here's Mary, right, And, and Mary does what God wants. Joseph does what, what God asks of him. He, he marries Mary. He, he takes her on as his wife. He, he takes this child and is the caregiver of, of the Messiah. And so as we read this, we think, man, this is beautiful. This is peaceful. This is wonderful. This is incredible. And I would tell you, this was a very stressful time in the life of these two young people. In fact, as we look through it, I think there are four stresses we see here. First, there's personal stress. There's personal stress. Here's Mary. She's a teen mom. She's shunned. There's shame. There's words. There's gossip. She probably has to hide in the community because of what's going on. And so she's facing this personal stress. And then there's Joseph, who's got his own personal stress. People are looking at him like, what did you do? He's like, I didn't do anything. They're like, well, who did it? Like, it's actually from God. I mean, can you imagine trying to have those conversations with people? Same thing. He feels shamed. He feels shunned. He probably hides. And so there's this personal stress that's there. There's a family stress that we see here. And the family stress comes from back in those days when you got married, you weren't just marrying the other person. <laughs> you were marrying the whole family. Some of you are like, yep, I know exactly what that's like, right? That's what you did. You, you married the whole family. It was, a, it was a covenant between families. And there was a dowry that was a part of this and a legal agreement that was a part of this. I mean, it was, it was a pretty big process. And so now all of a sudden you have this, this pregnant teenager in your life and and so can you imagine the stress on the families because mary and joseph are trying to explain this to everybody and i'm sure nobody's buying this and so mom and dad are there and they're embarrassed and grandparents are embarrassed and and family members are embarrassed i mean everybody's kind of looking at this like what is going on here and and so I, i can't again i can't imagine the conversations family members are having with mary and joseph but we've got family stress there and then we got relational stress what were those conversations have been like between Mary and Joseph? And Mary's probably like, Joseph, I, I didn't ask for this. I didn't do anything. God just appointed me to, to be the mother of, of the Messiah. And Joseph's like, well, I didn't ask for this either. This isn't what I had planned. I mean, I, I, I think the best thing is for us just to kind of separate, to move on, get on with our lives. There's relational stress there. And then I think the fourth thing is there's spiritual stress. Here's Mary, who's probably asking the question, God, how could you do this to me? And then I think there's Joseph, and Joseph's asking the exact same question. Hey, God, how could you do this to me? So there's not only these, these stresses that are personal and family and relational, but there's a spiritual stress that they're struggling with, like, God, what, what's going on here? Why, why are you doing this to us? And yet, here's what we do in the Christmas season. We sing songs about how wonderful that first Christmas was. And we watch movies or retellings of how incredible that first Christmas was. We read the scripture, and as we read it like we did today, we think about how amazing that first Christmas was. And, and we want it to be a, a moment that's, that's no, no stress is there, that everything is going perfectly fine, it's beautiful, it's peaceful. But the reality is, this was an incredible time of stress for Mary and for Joseph. And in that stress, there's an incredible mess Here's my question to us, because Mary and Joseph did what God called them to do. Even in that stress, when you and I face those moments of stress, how do we respond? What are the reactions that we have? We're going to take another look at the film Christmas Vacation and kind of set it up for you. Clark sets up 25,000 lights on his house. And it turns out exactly like you think it would to make the perfect Christmas. So take a look at this clip from the movie hope nobody's kicked santa before it was a very stressful time for their family and of course uh, there are stresses in our life and we react in certain ways to those stresses but here's the thing that i think we have to pull from the story of the birth of jesus and it's this in the stress of our mess there is a miracle In the stress of our mess, there is a miracle. Christmas may be stressful for us, but our our everyday lives are stressful. We have those same stresses as Mary and Joseph. Personal stresses, family stresses, relational stresses, spiritual stresses. And sometimes it feels like the whole world is just kind of crashing down on us. Here's the deal. In the stress of our mess, there is a miracle. And that miracle is the birth of Jesus Christ. It goes all the way back to Yahweh saves. There's a Chinese artist, Ha Chi, and he... Painted this painting right here, and as you look at this painting, it's a picture of uh, the baby Jesus with Mary uh, at the stable, and the wise man. The timing's not quite right here. Joseph's not in the picture here, but we're not going to worry about that. Kind of put everything together. But if you notice, in Jesus's hands, Jesus is holding an apple there. And so they asked him. They said, "Hey, why did you paint an apple in the hand of Jesus?" And Hutchie said, "Well, when I think about Jesus, I think it goes back to the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis." He says, if you go back to the story of Adam and Eve, every single day was Christmas for them. They celebrated Christmas every day. They got to be in the presence of God, and they get to be in this this incredible garden. I mean, they get to live Christmas out every single day. And they had this one tree they could not eat from. And one day they chose to do that, and they ate from that tree. The word for apple and evil in Latin are actually the exact same word. The apple, I believe, has a little macron on top of the A to change it, but it's, it's spelt the exact same way. And so we, we actually don't know what the fruit was that Adam and Eve ate from, but that's why we get this idea that it was an apple, right? And so Hachi, as he, as he paints this painting, he says, that is a reminder to us that Jesus saves. In fact, he says, as he painted this, it took him back all the way to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That in the stress of our mess, whatever that may be, our past, our present our words, our actions, the baggage that we carry, the sins that we commit, Jesus still saves us. And it comes from the birth of that little boy during that very stressful time in the life of Mary and Joseph. I want to leave you quickly with these three things that maybe we can take with us as we think about about this story. The first one is a question. What is the mess from your stress? Stress causes our messes. What are the stresses in your life? You probably know what they are. Understand what your stresses are. Begin to plan out how you're going to respond to those stresses because those stresses cause the messes in our life. The second question is, how do you handle the stress in your mess? We are great at creating stress. We are terrible at handling it. And so how do you handle stress? For me, it's working out. I have got to go to the gym. I, I know that when I'm starting to feel stressful, I tell Kara if I'm at home, like I got to get away for about an hour and I'll, I'll go to gym and I know how many times a week I need to do that. And when I do that, that helps me feel better because it's just mindless for me, right? I go in there, I listen to podcasts that have nothing to do with Christianity, nothing to do with religion. I listen to music that has nothing to do with Christianity, has nothing to do with religion. I just, I just work out so I can get away just for a moment and that helps me so much deal with stress. Maybe that's the same way you do it. Maybe there's something, a hobby in your life that you do to help you handle stress. Sometimes that's the best thing to do. Uh, counseling is another thing. We are pro-counseling here at The Journey. Um, we have a unique relationship with Safe Harbor Christian Counseling. Uh, we would love to get you connected with them. You want to deal with your stress, get an expert to come in and to begin to work you through that. For others of us, it, it may actually be medication. We've we got to take medication. Hey, we're pro-medication here at The Journey too, okay? Okay. We've got to do what we've got to do to be able to work through and deal with the stress that we have. But then the best one is pray. Just spend some time in prayer. If you look at Jesus' life, any time there was stress or messes around him, you notice he gets away and he prays. Maybe that's the step we need to take. This is how we can deal with the, the stress in our mess. And then the last thing is we've got to look for the miracle in your mess. Sometimes the miracle is right in the middle. We're just too stressed out to see it. Sometimes we just need to open our eyes. But more than anything, you and I need to remember that in the mess, or the stress of our mess, there is this incredible miracle. That in the stress of Mary and Joseph's lives, there was this incredible miracle, the birth of Jesus. And in the end, that's the beauty of this story. That's what we celebrate every week here at The Journey, as we take communion It really takes us back to Matthew 1.21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. The, the power behind that. And as we take communion this morning, I, I pray and I hope that, that you and I will, will see the, the beauty of, of what's going on as we do take communion. That, that this leads us to something bigger. That, that this moment reminds us that God's love in the stress and the mess of our lives is so much bigger than us. And so this morning, I'm going to invite you to the front or to the back to come up or go to the back and grab the bread and the juice to take it to your seats, to remain standing. Um, As you stand, we'll sing together. We'll take communion together today as we celebrate the life of Jesus, the miracle and the stress of our mess.